My name is Janet Hong. Um, I'm one of the interpretive guides for the Ai Weiwei According to What exhibition. It's a traveling exhibition that will be here at the First Shore until um, February 24th. I encourage you to visit multiple times. Today I'm going to be talking about the two um, photo installation pieces um, called Beijing 2008 Olympic Stadium and the other Provisional Landscape. Um, I'll be sharing my understanding of these two pieces um, based on my study in architecture and my re recent visit to China for the first time in um, December of 2011 and my understanding of um, or my observation of um, visitors engagement with these spaces and these installation. So let's head upstairs and we'll visit our first piece. So if we're all here, um, this is the first piece that we're going to be talking about called um, Beijing 2008, um, Beijing 2008 Olympic Stadium. Um, before we begin to talk about this piece, I want to give you some um, context to Ai Weiwei's um, life and um, his interest as an artist. Um, Ai Weiwei was born in 1957 and his um, dad was a revered poet named Ai Cheng. And, um, but during the Cultural Revolution, um, he was um, labeled as a rightist, and so his whole family had to move to Xinjiang, um, northwestern part of China, where his dad had to um, work at a re-education camp um, doing manual labors. And during this time, um, Ai Weiwei experienced a lot of different kind of settings, and um, he stated that uh, his first um, earliest memory of architecture um, was an earthen pit, um, a ditch dug into the ground and covered with branches and mud where his family lived as punishment. And um, so he, he experienced drastically different, um, different kind of living condition. And in um, 1975, his family moved back to um, Beijing. And soon afterwards, um, Young Ai Weiwei uh, came to U.S. in 1981, and he spent um, 12 years in U.S. Um, and 10 years in New York. So these kind of these um, having lived through um, creative suppression during his childhood and having um, experienced all this creative movement that was going on in New York and protest that was going on in New York at the time really shaped his. Um, perspective of art and um, the, the realities of his surroundings. Um, Ai Weiwei has um, stated that architecture, um, that he had come to see architecture as a statement on an era's identity and that the shape of a city's architecture shares an important relationship with its cultural status. Um, and from works within this exhibition, it's um, it's it's evident that um, Ai Weiwei is dedicated to understanding the rapid changes in China and its impact on China's um, cultural identity. Um, so, um, this piece that we see right here um, is all um, different. These pictures were taken between 2004 and 2008. Um, and instead of highlighting the final um, Product, the, the stadium itself, um, he's focusing on um, the different construction um, de 
development, um, individual compo components of the, the building itself. Um, the design was um, design of the stadium was entered for an open competition in 2002 by Swiss architects Herzog and Demiron, um, who personally asked Ai Weiwei to serve as an artistic advisor for the design. Um, in the initial design process, one of the essential design requirements was to include a retractable roof. Um, and the whole design and implementation of these steel rebars that you see everywhere um, um, resulted in order to hide supports for the retractable roof and to prohibit obstruction of the view for any audience in the space. So um, this whole design evolved from this, um, this, this desire to keep the integrity of the the structural system while opening up the space for the audience. Um, but interestingly, the retractable roof was later removed from the design under the direction of the Beijing's um, Olympic Committee. Um, after inspiring the stadium's most recognizable component, the design without retractable roof exists um, in a way simply as a figure. Um, Without serving its original purpose, Ai Weiwei stated that the design exists as its own entity without a value to a function. Um, by the time the stadium was completed, Ai Weiwei openly stated that the Beijing Olympic was a form of propaganda, but he still um, stood by his um, design and his collaboration um, and said that the most successful, um, significant part of this the stadium was the collaboration between the Chinese construction workers, the engineering, um, the British engineering firm um, named Arup, and the collaboration between the design team, including him and um, the Swiss architects, um, Herzog and Demiron. Um, without any of those um, collaborators or any of the components, the structure would not have been completed in such a short time. Um, honoring that process, the photographs um, yeah, highlight the pro process as a whole. These photographs were um, taken using DSL camera, and here um, each images are approximately um, three feet by four feet, um, precisely 95 centimeters by 121 centimeters. Um, I talked to um, Beth um, for Kinnick, um, one of our staffs um, in the exhibition department, and she has stated that um, one of the difficulties of working with this piece was all the measurement was, of course, different. <laughs> the collection of images cover the floor, uh, cover the floor and the wall of this gallery completely. And I don't know if you've ever experienced a space like this before, but I would completely surround us with the images of the stadium, um, thereby, thereby imposing on architectural intervention within the space alone. Um, the photographs were printed on, printed on adhesive-backed vinyl, and they were printed um, with three stacked images per vinyl. So for each vinyl, there's three images, and, um, and then they were all installed. Um, with some bleeding that hits behind the piece that comes um, below. Um, and they start out um, right over there in that corner. Um, and it, the images were installed from left to right and um, top to bottom. But um, that's how the, the images were installed. But there's no really organization. 
there's no organization, um, formal order behind um, the arrangement of the images itself. And the, the most common question that I get as an interpretive guide in this space is, um, what am I supposed to be looking at? Where am I supposed to start? Is there order or what is he trying to exactly tell us? And, um, but the fact that there's, um, but this randomness was a conscious effort um, to not pursue any specific visual effect. Are they all different? The images? Yes. Um, so altogether, um, Beth told me that they received about 100 images for this specific installation, and some of them are repeated. But despite the scale of photographs that allows a clear view of each picture, um, viewers find the space overwhelming and um, yeah, they seek for visual connections between these images, but the variation in the composition of each photograph and the lack of defined order in the arrangement forces us to deeply um, engage with the individual um, components of the architecture um, and in a way um, make us aware of our own surrounding while we're in this exhibition space instead of just passing by. I remember renders the idea of ordered chaos and a messing of material in this installation um, as he did with the stadium's use of steel beam. Um, interestingly, the works that come prior to this exhibition, um, which you see right behind you, um, called Snake Ceiling, is also um, referencing architecture and it's using um, a single component and it's repeated over and over again. This image, um, this project, I really have stated that um, is trying to embody the, mo the modern um, Chinese society. Um, there's the Forbidden Garden and the Great Wall, all within the, um, the close perimeters of Beijing. And he felt like um, there was no architecture that um, represented um, China in its modern state. So, you know, we have this architecture marvel um, that shows the power of China and all it can do. But at the same time, when we look at, uh, when we think about that piece, um, Ceiling Snake, and think about what it's referencing, um, it's it was inspired by an image that uh, a photograph that Iwei took of the sites um, of the the Sichuan earthquake site. And there's an image that you can see later in the um, exhibition where there's book bags scattered all over um, one of the destroyed um, build school building sites. You can imagine um, the school children uh, on their way to school holding hands, uh, carrying these book bags when you see that, that piece. But it's also um, revealing the flaw in the Chinese uh, contemporary Chinese government today. Um, there was a corruption that resulted the, to, uh, to this uh, faulty construction and death of about 5,000 um, school children. And so there's this, there's this um, juxtaposition within these two, two pieces um, that we see that I always trying to communicate with us. So do you have any questions about um, this piece? For the building, it be representative of a society where everybody kind of walks step and everybody is encouraged to act in a certain way and be like each other. Is that? I mean, it could be. Yeah, it's. I think there's always layers of information or ideas within Iowa's work. Um, it's also representative of a healing process because snake has the ability to shed its skin and. Um, have this regeneration. 
So um, it's it's you know revealing the the flaw within the Chinese system or any you know corruption that might exist in any kind of government. But it's also um, showing us that we can regenerate or be healed from it. And this installation also at the same time shows us the um, shows us what what is possible. Um, in our world today, but also that you know there was this original integrity, um, the idea that of supporting this roof and uh, making all views um, available for the audiences, but that original function has been taken away. Why did they take the dome away? I, I got the retractable roof. I, it was a matter of finance and just trying to get the building done within that time. When you remove this exhibit to Indianapolis, do these do they have to remake all these pictures or they Yeah, these will be discarded and there will be new ones that are printed. Was there anything specific about this architectural design that was supposed to represent Beijing and its um, so you asked if the, there was um, reference to reference within this design, this design that um, reflected modern um, Chinese society. Um, well, rather than reflecting um, the society, I think it was it was um, an idealization of what he or the designers hoped for China. Um, if you see these. Um, the form, there is no clear boundary between the um, the interior space and the exhibition space, and it's um, there's no really clear hierarchy. We can see that there's repetition of these elements and steel steel um, beams, but there's no strong sense of hierarchy. So um, it's trying to break away from the hierarchy, I guess, that exists in China today, and try to. Um, include the public in this public space um, in a free and liberating experience. It's interesting what you brought up in the very beginning of your talk about the, the pit that his family was, was meant to live in for some time, and the fact that this, the nest, a, a nest is sort of an earthen object and it's sort of like a pit that people were to be situated within, so it's almost like he's recreating that that situation too. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, it's yeah, it's organic. It's it's using steel and modern technology, but at the end, it's accomplishing the most basic organic form within our nature, and that is interesting um, <laughs> to, to know. Yeah. Um, well, so, um, there's some events, public events that happen, concerts. Um, when I visited in December of 2011, there was a winter theme wonder, winter theme park with um, ice skating rinks and different sleds. <laughs> but yeah, I think for yeah, there's different public events that happen. Shall we move on to the next one? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So now we're um, standing in um, provisional landscape. So again, um, these images are on the ground, all over the wall, um, top to bottom. Um, these images were taken between 2002 and 2008. Um, and it's not, um, 
the, the, the scenes that we see here in, um, in these photographs are not of a single city, but it's of urban landscape all throughout China. And of course, knowing that um, these were taken be before 2008 um, reveals to us that it was before Olympic um, when China was going through rapid um, transformation in preparation for the Olympic. Um, of course, China is still going through um, this rapid transformation today. Um, with these, with these um, images, um, in comparison to the images that we saw um, with the bird's nest installation, um, there's more a sense of, um, there's a clearer frame of view, um, more regulated frame of view. There's a, um, in many of the images, there's a clear um, foreground and the background, and the juxtaposition of the objects that are captured in the foreground and, the back, and in the background. Um, to just pick out an image, um, this particular image we see in in front um, these older homes um, that are deteriorating. Um, they could be of um, hutongs in Beijing. Um, I'm not sure exactly where it is, but they could be. Um, it shows um, the vernacular architecture that has you know, accumulated throughout long span of time. And then behind it, we see these high-rise buildings that doesn't really give much context to um, Chinese called the culture of China. Um, today, construction in, in China outweighs um, all the accumulation of construction in the whole world. And the building was, boom um, was further spurred on by the city selection as host of 2008 Olympics. In the process, examples of vernacular architecture like Hutong neighbors were raised to make way for the new real estate development. And Ai Weiwei has stated that architecture themselves are a part of a cultural history. And within these old buildings, um, an old way of life was visible. By taking these architectures away or sense uh, traces of its past, um, he's asking us, you know, what is our value? Is it is it making progress through these high rises or is it is it more important to um, remember our history? So it's evident, I mean, inherently to make room for the new, sometimes we have to destroy the old. But um, he's asking us, um, by surrounding us with these images, you, you can't escape these images as you're walking through. And it's hard to tell um, what comes, what precedence. I mean, in a matter of time, we can tell that this, the, these structures precedented um, the buildings precedented um, in time than the structure of the, the buildings in the back. but. You know, which building um, is primary within these environments and what is, what is better for the society today? Um, of course, a lot of, lot of people that um, lived in these kind of homes, um, once they're um, evicted or asked to leave uh, for new constructions, um, they're oftentimes compensated or they have a um, plot of land that they can um, rebuild their community um, in the edges of the city. But with problems with a lot of these um, buildings are, especially um, you can see in this picture, there's multiple levels to these homes, and oftentimes the, um, the inhabitants on the second or third tier of these neighborhoods, they don't have the proper paper document to fight for their rights. So the government can easily just not compensate for any of their um, troubles. So 
yeah, these are the questions that Iwiwi is trying to ask us. And historical preservation in China, like we do in the United States, where you save buildings that are old and have some significance into the history there of is, the area or the country. So the question was whether there is a um, historic, historic preservation, preservation movement, yeah, in China that can protect these. Um, buildings from being destroyed. And there's actually a rise in um, preservation movement now, but of course during the culture revolution it was part of that movement to systematically dismantle temples because they upheld conservative values um, and yeah, conservative values that the government, the country was moving, trying to move away from. So I mean, this is all kind of starting, um, this is a movement that has started recently. Yeah, so there's still a lot of troubles, and of course, all technically, um, all land belongs to the government in China as of 1949, so there's not much that could be done. I mean, hmm? They can come and take anything. I mean, even now, yeah. Even now. Of course, we didn't always have this great preservation either. We tore down lots of Jenna, do you think that there is any comment in these photographs on tofu architecture? Um, I think there could be, yeah. Um, I mean, we see just all different kind of materials and, um, you know, destruction that's, that's all around us. And I think there definitely, yeah, could be a correlation between the to tofu con construction and the government's involvement within... Um, these construction works in China. What is tofu construction? Um, yeah, good, good question. Tofu construction um, was what's um, is a label that um, that started after the Sichuan earthquake happened, and all the um, schools were destroyed. It was obvious that the the construction workers didn't follow any of the regulations, and it was as if you know it wasn't even worthy of calling it tofu construction. It was tofu drag construction. Um, that's how poorly these structures were built. So does the artist himself reach conclusions about values since if you look at a, at a photo like this one, what you see is these bland, sterile high rises, but you also see ugly, uh, uh, deteriorating old structures that I don't see any particular beauty or value in it. And is he sending us a more complex message than just the value of the old compared to the sterility of progress and the new? You know, it's interesting because when I see this image, I feel like this is more beautiful than the building behind it. So we can see... Yeah, yeah, but we can see even... Um, within our just two point of views that the value is completely different. And I think he's just trying to ask, force us to ask ourselves what the value is. These homes are obviously um, bad living condition. They're they probably go against any kind of sanitary standards or building regulations, um, but they're someone's home. So 
in destroying these and building these new apartments, they could be providing a better standard of living, but it could also take away um, the sense of home and the sense of identity that grows in these neighborhoods. So I think he's just trying to, by putting it all around us, he's just forcing us to ask ourselves, what is, what is better? What is our value? Um, this piece, Provisional Landscape, and the piece, um, the piece that we saw before, um, the two photo collages, I think, um, in encompasses um, his interest in architecture and his questioning of um, understanding our own reality. So, although when we walk out of these, you know, the the specific space, the images doesn't surround us anymore, and we're not confronted by these questions. I think that's what he's trying to encourage us to always keep in our minds. Do you have any other questions? <laughs> There is a lot of confrontation here. He's like totally surrounding us by this, all of this like destruction and, and construction and everything. Why? Well, this is kind of a two-part question. Why do you think that is, and why do you think he would like parallel this to the construction of the Beijing Olympic um, Stadium? Wait, what's the per first person? The first part of the question is like, why would he make it so confrontational and like surround the entire room? with these pictures, and the yeah. part is like why parallel that same kind of structure to the Beijing. Yeah. So the question was, why is he so confrontational with the scale and, yeah, the scale of the images that completely surround us, and um, is it addressing any, is there any comparison um, that we can make with the construction of the Beijing Olympic sites? Um, I think, yeah, again, the fact that they're they're all around us, we can't escape it, and um, we're, you know, he's trying to force us to confront these ideas that we might easily not have to think about. I mean, we see these sites even in D.C., around D.C., you know, um, and a lot of the areas around D.C. in the last 20 years were gentrified, and all these new um, big Whole Foods, or I mean, I have nothing against Whole Foods, but a lot of these um, um, mega um, companies are building, yeah, now um, intervening on these smaller neighborhoods. And it's all around us, but we don't always think about it. So by putting it, us, putting it in front of us in this two-dimensional images, you know, he's, he's flattening out these ideas for us, I think. And... Um, I think in relation in um, relation to the construction of the bird's nest, I think again he's you know there was that even within coming up with the design of the bird's nest there was this conflict. I mean there was this idea to uphold this integrity of structure and honor um, the experiences of the visitors, but at the end. The, you know, we have this beautiful structure and the visitors got that experience, but the steel, you know, exists simply as a beautiful form. You know, it doesn't have, it's not serving that purpose. And here too, I think we can say the same. These high-rise buildings, um, you know, they're probably nice spaces to live in, um, but does it have that um, integrity? Does it, is it really for progress of a society? Or has that part been taken out? I think that's what he's trying to ask us. And you wonder whether these two were put together on, on purpose, because this may be the new little houses for the people, 
and this was the other, and, and is there any beauty in these new photos? Yeah, I think that's, I mean, actually, well, the, again, arrangement of these photos were all just randomly selected. Um, there, in this selection of photos, there are 75, around 75 photos, so there was less number of photos that were given to us by the Iwayway studio. Um, but, yeah, we were looking at these two specific pictures, but if you look at any other pictures too, I think it's, um, we can see that. I mean, in the front here we see re reminiscence of older structures and then behind all these large buildings. And I think, yeah, he is trying to ask us even what is beauty? Is one more beautiful than the other? Well, thank you very much, Janet.